here. I uh, just wanted to send you a quick hi. Um, I'm in the car, but uh, I'm always going to stop down because I'm um, your girl, Banfield. <laughs> I hear you're playing clips on uh, Midnight Radio. Well, I'm going to have to tune into that. Anyway, listen, just wanted to say a quick hi. This is me, no makeup, no fanfare, no lighting. So, you know, it's the real thing. Um, appreciate you being a fan. Appreciate you checking out our show. And really appreciate you um, telling your listeners about it, too. See you later. Holy crap, Ashley Banfield, everybody. Broadcasting you live from the Badlands of Texas, I am Jerry Adams. You're listening to Midnight Radio. I'd like to thank you all for joining me today for this show for this January the 21st, 2023. Trip the Light Fantastic. Broadcasting all the way from Israel. All the way up to Northern Ireland. Thank you for joining me. There's a lot of things I need to go over with you. Not just to tell you, but to have a conversation with you. That is what this show is. It is a conversation with you. And I don't know how to think about some things. I really don't. Some of the things that are being reported in the true crime community, who's reporting them, and mainly the way they're reporting them. Because I can understand things get reported. I'm all about the wild-ass speculations, the wild-ass theories, the um, DAT's dumbass theory. We have one of those tonight, and a lady that is spreading that around the Internet. We'll look at that. I don't have any problem with any of that. But I do have questions about the way some things are, are um, being represented. We're going to talk about that tonight. Maybe you saw the name of the show. Um if you haven't, you can see it on the little scroll going around. And and uh, we're going to get to what that is about. But first, let me go to this first story. This has been buzzed around the Internet since our last show. I don't know if I would have reported something like this. But this came from the People magazine. And before you guys say, what well, there's something changed. Hold on. just This is the first one that came out. Idaho suspect Brian Colberger, nothing burger, visited a restaurant where two victims worked at at least twice before killings. And this information came from a former employee at the Mad Greek restaurant. A former employee. In other words, somebody that was actually at the Mad Greek and worked there. Somebody that was supposedly had a connection to the story and and talked to somebody and gave information out like it was true, maybe for, I don't know, some kind of form of attention. Is it Munchausen by proxy, Some something like that, although there's no children in danger here anymore. There were. But something like that, maybe for fame or something. I don't know. Let's look at this, uh, exactly what it was. Let's play a little clip of the video from people. Weeks before the November slayings of four University of Idaho students, the man now accused of killing them sent a series of messages to one of the victims on Instagram. This, according to an investigator familiar with the case, who tells people that in late October, Brian Koberger, quote, slid into one of the girl's DMs several times, but she didn't respond. The source adds that the message was basically him saying, hey, how are you? But he allegedly did it again and again. It's unclear why there was no response to his messages 
but authorities say that the victim may have missed them completely. The investigation source explains that they're still trying to determine how aware the victims were of Koberga's existence and adds that there's no indication that he was getting frustrated with her lack of response, although he was, quote, definitely persistent. The four victims were all stabbed to death in an off-campus. So I know you guys have heard about this. Some of you are uh, in the chat room right now saying, you know, that proved to be false. And we're going to go into that too. But here, here's an example. And I want from you guys to know what is okay and what is not okay. So this is an a Lick Me video. I'm sorry, Ikmel, which is the same as Lick Me. It takes the L and puts it on the back, which raises questions. I don't have a problem with uh, Ikmel. Don't know, don't know the guy at all. I know a little bit of him. But he did a video say about this topic, a five-minute video. Cole Berger at Greek Restaurant, former employee, speaks. He ordered vegan pizza. He did a quick video shout-out about this. And to his credit, he did a quick video about 15 hours ago, I think, or he did another video saying it had been debunked. But he did do the initial video of something that wasn't right. Now, my question is this. Would it be appropriate for me to go on my platform and rip him an ass that he reported something false? I mean, he might come before he comes back later and says, oh, I'm sorry. Would it be appropriate for me to do that? Would it? I don't know. I'm asking seriously. I don't do things like that. I never would. No matter how bad it is, I don't talk about other creators. And I'm not talking about him, but I'm talking about this scenario. Would that be okay for me to go on my platform and rip him an ass and make him look like an idiot? What if I had his phone number and I could just call him and say, you know, I have, I don't think this is right. You know, just, I just want to reach out for you. You know, we've talked before and I have your phone number. Why don't I just take care of this behind the scenes instead of talking about it publicly? We're going to talk about this issue here in a minute, but first we're going to talk about the Greek restaurant, what actually happened here and how this was debunked. And I do want your opinion on this. I absolutely do. Phone number is 325-261-0892. Didn't get any phone calls last episode. I was a little bit disappointed, but I understand. But I feel I need some input on this. I might not be right with how I'm feeling. Like if you have a problem before you post it on your main page, especially if you have the person's phone number and you hang out in the same circles, know the same people, I think it's appropriate to call them and not bust them out. I'm just saying... I could be wrong, though. You know, I'm wrong a lot. Don't have a problem with being wrong. Maybe I'm not, you know, maybe my mind's wrong. Maybe it's not all about the entertainment. Maybe it is all about the entertainment. I'm sorry. Maybe chivalry's dead. Here we go. So here's the story. Idaho Murder's latest Brian Nothingburger rumors denied by Moscow Restaurant as experts explain evidence. A restaurant where two of the Idaho murder victims worked was denied rumors 
has denied rumors that Nothing Burger ate there in the weeks before the brutal stabbings. A former employee of the Mad Greek restaurant in Moscow, where Maddie Mogan and Zana Carnoodle were survivors, claimed to people that Nothing Burger visited at least twice and ordered vegan pizza. The eatery firmly dismissed that claim in a Facebook post on Friday, calling it a complete fabricated information. It comes after a court in Idaho extended a gag order, which we will go over, issued earlier this month, prohibiting law enforcement officials from revealing information about the murders. Again, I'm going to read that again. A gag order earlier this month prohibiting law enforcement officials from revealing information about the murders of four University of Idaho students and the arrest of their accused killer. All right. Is that it? No, that's not it. That is not it at all. I've got one more thing to cover this story. And when I was talking about calling somebody out on your platform, that's another issue. But I just want to show that somebody could have very well did that to lick me. Until we talk about that and the specifics of that, I got one from your girl, Banfield. I've got a late up, uh, update here, late breaking update to the story that we brought you last night where People Magazine had said that they had found a restaurant employee of the Mad Greek restaurant in Idaho who confirmed that Brian Koberger had been in that restaurant a couple of times, ordered a vegan pizza, had some strange requests. Um, and that really gave us the nexus to the, to the victims in the Idaho killings. But um, the woman who runs and owns the uh, Mad Greek restaurant is pushing back, Jackie Fisher. Uh, she is saying the news media should really do their due diligence, their due diligence before running a story with completely fabricated information. This will be my only response to this story from people. It's not true. However, I will say this. People magazine talked to a former employee of the restaurant and uh, an investigator, a source of theirs, uh, confirmed that it was true. So that's uh, tricky and we'll have to navigate through all of that. But I can't think of a better example of the full saturation news coverage of sensational cases that keeps us all on the edge of our seats but at the same time possibly poisoning a jury pool. That can happen. Susan Constantine knows this knows this well because she's a jury consultant. She's a trial strategy expert. And not coincidentally, she's a human behavior expert. She's consulted on some of the biggest high-profile trials of our times, Jeffrey Epstein, Michael Jackson, among them. Susan, I, first let me just start off with the obvious question. Um, Changing a venue is usually what you hear first, right? That's what defense lawyers, sometimes prosecutors, you know, Jerry Sandusky. I don't want to bore people with this whole part of the jury process. I'm going to put a link in the show notes below. And I'm looking at the chat room right now. When I asked you advice, here's what you said. You said, and again, I, I, I don't think I made myself clear. I, I didn't mean... I. Should I call somebody out? That's not what I mean. And I'm not calling Lick Me, Ikmel out. I'm, I want to know your opinion on what he did to call somebody out. So let's see. Yes, it's fine. Why not call out BS? Okay. Again, this isn't about me. Maybe I made it sound about me. Should have said it. He should have said it was speculation. Perhaps he did. He's been at it long enough to know better and should have confirmed with the owner in my opinion. Oh, and I didn't make this clear. I don't, I'm not, I don't mean call out what he said about the restaurant. 
That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about another situation. But I did want to bring it to your attention that if somebody was going to call him out, they could. You know, matter of fact, I don't listen. When people talk about other creators, I don't listen to it. My mind shuts off because anybody could say anything about us at any time. Something could be misconstrued or somebody just doesn't like you, so they, they talk about you, and um, I don't listen to that. That's not what I'm talking about. Let me tell you, let me show you right now what I am talking about. And again, I'm not saying I'm right about this. Let me pull this up. I got to re-pull it up here. Because this is on his community page. And I feel like this was extremely wrong of him. Given the, given the circumstances. So let me pull this up for you. This is somebody Ikmel called out. And again, he called out Joseph Morris. So I'm not saying, and I do think that calling that out was, was fine. You know, we talked about it the night before he called him out and, um, you know, we didn't feel that it was right, but we didn't have uh, the assets in place in our, you know, our group to research it and find out more about it. He did, and, and, and admittedly so. He, he gave all the credit to the people in his Discord that busted that out, and he presented it. Not a problem with that. I'm talking about this. This, uh, this is 19 hours ago on his uh, community page. Uh, Justice for all. Hey, could you please remove... Jared Lysak's alleged victim's personal info, at least blur from your live name, address, phone number, social security. I understand it seems a prosecutor effed up and didn't redact, but this isn't right. Thanks. And then you have a thousand thumbs up, 239 comments, how many views, we don't know, of Justice for All getting his ass blistered for this. Now, I can understand what Ikmel said. But I can't understand how he said it. He has justice for all his phone number. They run in the same circle. There's somebody that's real close to him that is a mod in Molly Go Lightly's chat. They've been on panels before. Why could he not have emailed him? Why could he not have called him and said, hey, man, just want to say this. And here's some uh, comments. The fact that his live stream is 10 hours old and he hasn't gone in and manually blurred it using YouTube's built-in creator features tells me all I need to know about him moving forward. This isn't fair, I feel. Although I do want to let you know now, he it is the video has been remo removed after we don't know if he pulled it down or it got reported by thousands of subs from Mel. And then he gets a lot of thank you for having a moral compass and how people appreciate that. But is this really moral? I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm gray in this area. I'm thinking, dude, you should have called him. If, if, I, if I thought that these two guys didn't have each other's phone numbers, I wouldn't be saying this. People are saying horrible things. My, my heart is beating thinking about this. Somebody put, thank you, Mel. He clearly was worried about getting the news out first. Uh, kind of like the Greek restaurant. Who would want to read it out loud and show it at the same time without looking over it if they just had to put it there at all? He calls himself an advocate. He would never read that word for word or show that being an advocate. You are appreciated. 
Now, here's someone else. This is a pro comment for it. What is sad is he knowingly, in my opinion, leaves the victim's personal info up. He scrolls past and then pauses right on her contact info to take a drink. Talk to comments and such. The total time her personal info is shown is three to three minutes, 57 seconds. How dare you? Okay, well, no, that wasn't for him. Thank you, Mel. Thank you, Mel. Okay. Just... This is my question to you. And really, I'm not trying to bash him. And I'm not trying to point out what happened here. But I thought about this and I thought to myself, I don't know. I got to ask these guys. I'm bringing this to you because I want to ask. Why, knowing that he has his phone number on my end, knowing he has his phone number, why did he post this? Let me give you an example of me, okay? This is what I'm thinking. I did a show, I don't know, a week or two ago, and it released somebody's personal information, three seconds of it. The person contacted me and was like, hey, could you take that out? Oh, yes. I took it down. It took 12 hours for the video to render through YouTube for me to be able to take it down. These people here, are con- they don't know how things work, and ICMIL does, all right? You can't just blur something out after you go live. It takes... A long time for YouTube to render it. Why he didn't just, you know, I don't know. Make it, I, Actually, I unpublished mine is what I did and waited for it to render. So there's that. So why not just call him and, and bring it up? But I had no problem doing that. I'm like, okay, no problem, you know, and I did it. Now, some, someone contacted me personally and said that. They didn't go on their channel and make a community post when they have over 100 and something thousand followers why would you do that because you want to make yourself a part of the story uh is it virtue signaling or is this a legitimate thing he just wanted to deal with that way and he didn't understand better communication methods i don't know again i'm not talking about ikmal because i could care less i'm talking about the situation so if you guys could chime in on that i'd greatly appreciate it there's another issue that's coming up right now And this almost is in the same field as at least as the Greek restaurant. And that is somebody supposedly intertwined in the story. In that case, it was, I mean, very like A, B, C, D, E, F, G string. G string, did I say G string? In the story, we're talking about the the waiters and waitresses saying he ate a vegan pizza there. He didn't supposedly according to the according to the owners but what the hell's the truth the police would know but they're not talking to us then you got the wsu mom that's been going around making the circles on every podcast it seems she can talking about conspiracy theories and not facts and stating facts that we know in such a way that makes it more dramatic i want to know what you guys think about this i'm not going to play the whole thing but there's a recent video from chronicles of olivia i'll play a little bit of it Right here, all credit goes to her. This is basically a commercial for the show, for her show. 
What happened the morning of November 13th still remains a mystery. In this video, I interview a mother who tells shocking info about that morning. Her daughter says by 10 a.m., she already knew the details of the incident on 1122 King Road. She knew. She'd known since like 10. Jill and Bethany were in the downstairs room. Jill saw them out the window. They're lying. According to Kim's daughter, multiple people from Pi Beta Phi were called. These phone calls were made two to three hours before the first 911 call and news spread like wildfire. A whole bunch of kids were given a narrative by the kids that were there. Locals are coming out claiming their kids or friends were at the home between 8 to 10 a.m. This user says that her nephew said a lot of people were at the home by 11. This is still one hour before the first 911 call. I even spoke with a student at U of I who also knew people got called. But when it comes to speaking with anyone who received a phone call or immediate friends of those who did, it's kind of hard to get people to talk. Why? 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 Kim originally called into the Drunk Turkey Show, and they did a good job of vetting her. There was certain validation that needed to be done. Uh, the person that called us in stated that she had a daughter and a son that attended WSU, and they had friends and a roommate that were close to the situation. I called the FBI on the 13th, actually, because I knew my daughter received the text. Every that is all true. She had received the text by 10 a.m. Kim mentioned to me that she talks very fast. So let's be nice in the comment section. You can slow down the speed of this video if you would like. Also, faster. for privacy reasons, I bleeped out certain names we talked about. And one of the girls sent it to her. Her boyfriend plays football from BY. Oh, all right. Does anybody have a list of the things that she said? Is there like a breakdown so we don't have to listen to the whole thing? All right. The first thing they were talking about. Hold on a second. Okay, so it has been 20, 24 hours. Because she said, creators, please give me 24 hours before streaming. All right. Well, that's good. The first thing that she said is true. I believe. But you didn't hear her. Let me go ahead and slow that back. Is that everybody knew the information when it first came out. They're saying she said a lot. This whole thing is nuts. It's a wild out of speculation. And uh, man, I really hate for this case, this tragic story to devolve here into to what it's turning into. Everybody's trying to play I gotchas, you know. And I think there's people that, that I'm not saying they're crazy but mentally disturbed and and this woman they vetted her and yes she does have children that are involved in the school system i'm not saying she doesn't have a reason to be mentally disturbed hell this case is disturbing all of us but to um man i almost feel for her children i'd be a little bit embarrassed if my mother was going around like that and again this is a wild ass speculation guys what she's saying let's, let's go into it enough for me Supposedly, he had spent the night at my daughter's house, but again, we were in a hotel in Pullman. Um, I never saw him. I never saw So, but then when I called at 5 o'clock, when we got the alert on the way home, she knew everything that had happened. Mm-hmm. And down to, like, the injuries and where the kids were, and that Dylan and Dylan and Bethany were in the downstairs room. They knew the guys who were there. It wasn't just one. They knew who they were. There was a lot of loud noise. And um, they locked themselves in their rooms and went to sleep. I said, or we're hiding, whatever. 
But I said, why didn't they call the police? She goes, I don't know. And like, I just really still can't get my head around that. And I know you're frightened, but they were not terrified. Like what the police um, report said, at the probable cause warnings is not what these kids were all told. Yeah. It's not. And one of the girls, even on 2020 said, I think it was a girl, I'm not sure, in the black sweater, blue sweater said, I texted Santa in the morning and I didn't hear back. Police weren't called till noon. Wow. They were there and they were. That's true. For those of you that are members of our Discord, we had a uh, listen party to the 20. 20- it was just a listening party. A listening party to 2020, and we heard that, that she called her that morning, and she didn't hear anything back. That's true. But again, it's not firsthand information, is it? We're there not early on. And what I've been told by the FBI is that they're invest- aggressively investigating everything I've told them. So I do think they do know. I do think they're going to make more arrests. But I do think that Kaylee's, at least her father, should know. Give mm-hmm. him answers. He needs them. I hope I just want... I know the condition of Kaylee's body and Maddie's crushes my soul for him. And I just can't even take away that pain. Like who does that? Who does that? That all happened and the roommates were just asleep. They weren't asleep. They were awake. They heard it all. They knew who it was. And I don't know in the translation, if there was three people inside and one outside watching or two people inside and one outside watching, so from what I've been able to boil down and get piece, pieces together from what I know, like from, and I think Wazoo's involved too, don't get me wrong here. I'm not just saying you know I. Mm-hmm. I mean, both schools are involved. Um, and not just because he was a teacher there. How did, they vet, how did he get vetted? Who is vetting him to be a teacher? Liberty Mutual customizes your car. And I'll leave it right there, guys. Yeah, it's, um, it's a crazy... The things that she's saying, it doesn't involve firsthand information about herself, although her kids were in the school. It's like she's looking at every piece of conspiracy theory, or I don't know, it's not conspiracy theories, wild-ass speculations and wild-ass theories. And some of them could be true, but they're not firsthand. And one of the reasons I wanted to bring this up, there's going to be a link in the show notes. Uh, it'll There'll be a link in the description below in the morning. And uh, you can, guys can look at the full video there. I don't want to play her full video. I'm going to go ahead and open the phone lines now in case you guys want to talk about some of the subjects that we discussed right now. You know, today, or I think it might have been yesterday, where they talked about the amended, um, the amended non-dissemination order came out. So here's what the two particular things is my, it's my knowledge. The reason why the judge did this is because there was a lot of extra information getting out that could only have come from, it could only have come from some of the attorneys involved. And I heard that there was information coming out by Steve Gonsalves' attorney and they wanted to amend it so they could keep him from talking to the press. And again, it's their job to keep the jury untainted is their job to get a jury that is untainted. And it's hereby ordered one, the attorney for any interested party in this case, including the prosecuting attorney, defense attorney, and any attorney representing a witness, victim, or victim's family 
as well as the parties to the above entitled action, including but not limited to investigators, law enforcement personnel, and agents for the prosecuting attorney or defense attorney are prohibited from making extrajudicial statements, written or oral, concerning this case, except without additional comment. A quotation from a reference to the official public record of the case. This order specifically prohibits any statement which is which a reasonable person would expect to be dim- disseminated by means of public communication that relates to the following. Evidence regarding the occurrence or transactions involved in the case, the character, credibility, reputation, or criminal record of a party, victim, or witness, or the identity of a witness, or the expected testimony of a party, victim, or witness. And I'm going to read the rest, but I just want to say this. There's people worried. Ashley just made a comment about it, about information going around that would taint the jury. This isn't our problem, guys. It's not. This is really where freedom of speech is. You have the freedom to talk about things. This order doesn't cover you. It doesn't cover anybody here on YouTube talking about it. It affects the the parties, the lawyers. C. The performance results of any examination or test or the refusal or failure of a person to submit to an examination or test. That would be DNA or whatever. Any opinion as to the merits of the case or the claims or defense of the party. These are things we talk about every day. We talked about holes last time. Any information a lawyer lawyer knows or reasonably should know is likely to be inadmissible as evidence in a trial. And that would, if disclosed, create a substantial risk or prejudice an impartial trial. Any information reasonably likely to interfere with a fair trial in this case afforded under the United States of Idaho Constitution, such as the existence of contents of any confession, admission, or statement given to the defendant, the possibility of a plea of guilt, or any opinion as to the defendant's guilt or innocence. So, example, when Colberger's first lawyer said, that he said he's looking forward to be exonerated, that possibly he wouldn't be allowed to put that out now. That was before any order, uh, gag order was put out at all. So there's people freaking out about what should be talked about and what can't be. Don't worry about it. If you're not a lawyer in the case, it's okay. Will a jury get tainted? I don't think so. There's the process. There's a process to making sure it doesn't. Um, I'd like to talk to you guys about some of the stuff that's been going on in this show today. Phone line is now open, 325-261-0892. And I do want to reiterate this. I'm not trying to badmouth Ickmel. I don't like that name, though. I can't remember his first name. I'd rather call him by that. Because I feel like his name is inappropriate. It's licked me with the L moved to the end. And I don't feel like that's appropriate whatsoever. But that's just me. And I don't know anything about the guy other than... For some reason, it put his, um, what he said about justice for all on my feed. You know, and I, I looked at it, didn't think anything, and I thought, wait a second. And I, from that point till this point now, I'm just searching my feelings on it. But, yeah, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't call anybody out like that. And I'm not trying to call Ickmel out, just basically I'm calling out his post. Oh, great. 
Midnight Caller Line. This is Jerry. Who am I speaking with? Hi, this is Barbara. Hi, Barbara. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. Um, I was just calling to the Icamel thing, I think, was one thing I noticed is when the uh, when it's a news agency or a paper or something like that was People Magazine, people tend to automatically believe it, even though, you know, they do make redactions all the time when they make errors. Um, so I think that's possibly why he took that story and ran with it. Although it doesn't seem to work both ways, meaning if somebody finds something out in the true crime, uh, they don't get credit or it gets, you know, poo-pooed or whatever. Um, Cause there is that rift between the main news and the uh, YouTube. Um, and the other thing was the, uh, um, the scene at the uh, house. I, I do believe that crime scene was completely ran over by the kids. So I do believe though they did call each other at first. Um, and I think that's why there was such a lockdown on the 911 call and just that whole situation because uh, the crime scene had been trampled upon and and that would really will have a uh, could bring up issues in the defense. Um, anyway, uh, I had sent you something on the 911 call that it's a private company out of uh, Washington at Pullman that runs the 911 dispatch. And um, they're not in Idaho, actually, and they cover Idaho. Um, and that unconscious person is what they type in when they can't understand completely what the person's saying that's calling. And I also think it denotes uh, more seriousness of something going on. And that's why uh, three police officers responded. So it was just a regular call. I don't think they'd send three. Um, anyway, that was just my opinion. That's it. All right. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate your input. Okay. Right. Have, have a good, good day. Evening. And I actually do have something to say about what she called and about Ikmel talking about the Greek restaurant. I don't have a problem with that at all. So let's let's rewind there. Um, so he reported, because it came from, I guess, a mainstream news store, it's an entertainment company, People Magazine. Um, and we actually still don't know if that's fake. You know, they said he ate there. O the owners who have reasons to say he wasn't there say that that's not true and it's fabricated. What is the actual truth? Who has the proof, right? So still... Whether they're lying or not is kind of up in the air, in my opinion. But I don't have a problem with him reporting it. And, you know, I'm, I'm proud of him for redacting it or updating the information the next day. I mean, I do that. Not a problem there. My problem is when something similar happened with Justice for All, you know, and he had his information. He could have just contacted him and said st something instead of making it a public spectacle. That, that, that's my point. And that's, that's where I feel it was wrong. There's comments in the comment, uh, the live chat that are saying, don't worry about it, Jerry. Just do what feels right for you. I know, but don't you want to under, understand how you feel? That's my whole point. It's not just about what I want. I just want to know what the consistent the consistent consensus on this, this issue is.
Does it matter? No. Does us talking about anything, do we have anything to really bring to this investigation? No. Again, this is a conversation with you. And it does matter. Speaking to each other does matter and is important. It is. It really is. It is important to me. How should something like that be handled? That's my question. How do you think it should have been handled? Was it handled correctly? Why was it handled the way it was? What am I not understanding? I don't think I'm right. I'm, I'm searching my feelings on this. I got this letter here. This is from Sarah Boone. Uh, January 10th, we're on January 21st. was fairly new. This is her writing a letter to her lawyer. I'm going to share this with you guys. A little bit of it. Hello and Happy New Year. I hope the holidays were lovely and very memorable for you and your family. I think, did I say lawyer? Yes, this is to her lawyer. Very memorable for you and your family. She has better handwriting than I've seen her write before. I just wanted to check in as I have not heard from you since the status hearing on 12-27-22 and want to confirm you're still my attorney after your motion to withdraw was filed at 12-19-22. It is my understanding you are which is why I am writing to you directly, but also including Judge Wooten for fear I don't receive a response like the last almost five months, 21 weeks, 147 days, 30 minutes. It is very important to me you are aware of my questions and concerns for the anticipated pre-trial conference on one seventeen twenty three. If... If you are unable to speak to me beforehand, which I'm very much hoping you will be, unfortunately, I'm unsure what else to inquire about as I'm aware of any other progress going on in my case. In the meantime, please see below and thank you in advance for the information clarification. For those of you just tuning in or wondering what the hell I'm talking about, we did a video, we did a live a few days ago where we talked about the Sarah Sampsonite Boone case, and this is what it's regarding. This is her letter to her attorney, the attorney who's been giving her the cold shoulder. So this is an update. I'd like to be in attendance. What time, please? I have not received a notice via mail or heard from you to ask, and no time was stated during the status hearing. Please make the necessary arrangements for me to be included. It is my right. To waiver of appearance, please mail or bring the appropriate documents to unwaive my appearances after forwarding everything. I'm able to be included on, so I am kept updated with any and all of my status of my case. It is my right. Please note, I have not signed any paperwork for you since the start of your representation as my attorney, so I am unclear how my right to appear was waived in the first place, nor have I verbally given permission for the waiver. Either please provide the signed copy at your earliest convenience. I'm not going to read through all this. I'd bore you guys to death, and I would fall asleep, hit my head on my microphone, and die. And the reason why I read this to you, do you think she's getting a fair trial? Do you think it's fair that her lawyer, no matter what his reason is, and he did try to uh, dismiss himself from the case. The judge said, oh, no, you're doing it, pal. So do you think she's going to get a fair trial? Do you think she's getting act appropriate representation? Or do you think that the fact that she's not, and it clearly looks like she's not to me, how will this affect her trial? Can it be declared a mistrial? What, what is the next process in this? Comments, 
thoughts and questions, I'd appreciate it. I got some more news stories before we kick out of here today on Midnight Radio, and I appreciate you guys tuning in. I got some stories. We're working on the background. You heard about giants before in the biblical times. I've even heard about the Indians fighting a horde of giants all over North America, burying them in the mounds and it becoming a sacred place. But if I told you that there were giants, and I don't mean large, tall people, what if I were to tell you there were giants nowadays? We have a story we're working on now. I've been working on it in the background. It's coming up soon. I've been telling you guys, but the time is almost here. Have you guys heard of this story here? To Montgomery County now, where an investigation is underway after police say the body of a Pennsylvania mother has been found after two weeks of searching for her. 43-year-old Jennifer Brown was last seen January 3rd. Investigators say her body was found partially buried behind a warehouse in Royers Ford. Brown was reported missing after she didn't pick up her son at the bus stop. Brown's vehicle was found outside of her home. Her keys, wallet, purse, and work cell phone were still inside. Horrible story, horrible story. Here's another horrible story in my home state. About the missing woman case. A sad update that we just learned a couple of hours ago about the missing woman case. The Tarrant County Medical Examiner now telling us that a body found in Grand Prairie last night is indeed Kayla Kelly. How she died has not been determined, but all of this started in Collin County over the weekend when Kelly's car was found burned in a off a county road in Frisco. 32-year-old Acosta Ferguson has been arrested for kidnapping in this case, but we have learned that his charges could be upgraded to capital murder. We'll keep you updated on that. The U.S. has once again reached its debt limit. All right. A lot of missing women. This is another disturbing story. School district teacher charged with sexual assault with a minor, leaving her behind bars tonight. Thank you for joining us tonight at 10 o'clock, everyone. I'm Bob Clawson. And I'm Laura Monteverdi. Meredith Hill, who goes by Lindsay, sits in the Pope County Detention Center where she awaits her bond hearing on Friday. Gary Burton Jr. joining us now live from Pottsville with more on this. You're at the high school there where they uh, where Hill taught, and there was also a district meeting tonight, not specifically about this, but this was brought up somewhat. Yeah, with a first-degree sexual assault with a minor arrest of seventh-grade teacher Meredith Lindsay Hill was not on tonight's agenda. This meeting was about millage extensions, but I was able to speak with parents as they were headed inside about the arrest, and they just say that they can't believe that this happened. Lindsay Hill, a Pottsville seventh-grade science teacher and head varsity tennis and softball coach, sits inside a jail cell after being charged with sexual assault with a minor. This is lasting damage for that student, whether he knows it yet or not. This is a bad situation for our kids and the families of the school district. These parents are at Pottsville Junior High for a district meeting to discuss millage extensions. And there, a clear message was made by Superintendent Larry Duggar. This meeting is solely about the millage extension. I don't like how he did that. He said, oh, we're not going to discuss what you want to discuss. You're only going to discuss this topic. How about we talk about your teacher raping her kids, you asshole? How about that? How about you guys remove his ass? Superintendent Larry Duggar, remove his ass. 
What is his policy to make sure this doesn't happen? It goes on and it talks about students knowing a year in advance of the relationship that was inappropriate relationships that was going on between that teacher and our students. Remove Larry Duggar. Superintendent Duggar says Pottsville School District will do the right thing involving Meredith Lindsay Hill. Some parents say the Bass district clown. dropped the ball. There's been accusations going around for over a year that my child is aware of, and nobody's done anything. And if the administration knew something about this before and didn't do anything, then I think that there should be some firings going on here. Amen, brother. Amen. I'd like to thank you all for tuning in today. This this is another episode of Midnight Radio. If you have any comments or questions, please email me at midnightrad.io101 at gmail.com. Thank you all for tuning in. Appreciate all of you very much. If you're interested in becoming a member of our group, we have exclusive videos and exclusive streams. We have a writing class, too. You can check that out on your own time. You click that join, it'll let you know all about it. And if some of you are part of that group, maybe you can tell others what it's like. We have a lot of extras all the time. We really do. I got another extra coming up to the DJs. Be a DJ. You just It's free. Um, I'll sign you up to the Discord in the DJ group for free. If you're interested in becoming a DJ for our online radio stream, uh, you have to email me at midnightrad.io101 at gmail.com. And that is exactly what I'll do, is I'll put you in there. And the example of the, the pre-stream that I did today is going to be there in that DJ section as an example for you guys. And, and it's also an example of how the software works. So we'll be back tomorrow. Until then... All my best, guys.